Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom and Chris Ballas ahead of Michigan's game against UConn. Third cupcake in a row. Before we get into Big Ten play, we get serious with Maryland next week. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to drop a like, smash that like button if you think Michigan is going to win this weekend. And let's get this video to 500 likes. Uh, appreciate everybody listening on the audio feed as well. Um, Let's let's break it down and then get to uh, what we predict for this game as well. Uh, UConn coming in one and two. They got losses to Utah State and Syracuse last week. Got hammered at home. The one win over FCS Central Connecticut. Um, haven't had a winning season since 2010. A little bit of life maybe with Jim Mora coming in, but this is uh, a program that's won five games since 2018, including uh, that game a couple weeks ago. So this is. Uh, you know, this is quite the rebuild. And then it was interesting listening to Jim Mora this week, too. And he said he was very frustrated with this. They have an NCAA low uh, of 105 guys on their roster. For some reason, UConn caps them at 105. It's, you know, uh, so he is not happy. They got some injuries. They got some depth issues. Uh, obviously, he's a former head coach in the NFL and UCLA. So, I mean, it was a good hire, in my opinion, uh, when they got him this offseason. But it's an uphill climb. Um what are you guys' uh, initial thoughts kind of on this matchup? Chris, we were talking before. I, they're probably the best team Michigan's played, uh, which isn't saying a whole lot, but it's, it's still something. It's not saying anything, if we're being <laughs> honest. So, But uh, you know what? It, it, it's a semblance of a football team, right? And you look at Hawaii. Those guys didn't want to be there. They didn't have a whole lot of talent. They had a good kicker, and that was about it. So when you look at them, you knew that that was going to be a blowout name your score type of game. And Jim Harbaugh took the foot off the gas pedal at halftime. I think it's going to be similar in the, the respect that when they get up big, I don't think it's going to be as quick number one, because I think they're going to play hard under Jim Mora. This guy has good schemes. He's a pretty good football coach. He just doesn't have the horses. And number two, I think their running game is decent. Now, didn't they play, they played Utah state pretty tough for a while. Yeah, there. Utah state was ranked at the time and they ran for yeah. like 250 yards. So, right. So this is where I think they're going to try to test them. And no, I don't think they're going to give Michigan a game. Uh, obviously 46 points is a lot though. I don't think there's Michigan's going to cover that. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think you got a team there that actually wants to be there that will show up, not just to get the 1.9 million and go back to stores, but they're going to actually play some football. So, or at least try, but uh, Michigan's clearly a heavy favorite for a reason. Want to see more from JJ McCarthy and let him sling it. That's what I wrote as the keys to the game, you know, stop the run, obviously, but let him sling it and get prepared for the big 10 action, which starts next week. Yeah, initial thoughts for me are that I just want to see the most complete game that this team has played so far as long as they decide to you know, keep the starters in. Uh, I would think everyone probably gets a little more run this week because I don't know if you want to go into Maryland week having your starters only play six, six and a half quarters over the span of three weeks. I mean, it keeps guys fresh and everything. But um, so I think that it will probably, you know, I'm hoping it will be a game where they shore up some of the offensive line stuff. Probably don't see Donovan Edwards this week, but run game, efficient, pop a few big plays with Blake Corum, C.J. Stokes, J.J. McCarthy. I mean, 
He's not going to complete 93% of his passes all year, but you'd like to see him continue to, you know, make quick, appropriate reads, get the ball out, uh, protect the football, make big plays down the field with his arm and his legs. So, um, and then defensively, just, I mean, just keep smothering the other team. This is, I can't believe I'm even saying this, probably the best of the three teams that Michigan has seen so far, but still a bad football team. And, and I think a borderline name your score game. So, um, no, I, I don't know. I don't know how long these guys wind up playing. I don't know how sharp it looks, but um, I'm hoping that we see three weeks in a team that, uh, again, you can only play the teams are in, that are in front of you, and you should dominate all three of these teams. So to play clean, to play flat, uh, fast, and all that is those are the biggest things I'll be looking for uh, as we get into this game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, it'll give us more of a sample size of J.J. McCarthy as a starting quarterback. Traffic cones last week, Anthony, just just a great term that we'll continue to use probably. Uh, well, maybe not with the schedule getting a little harder. But, um, you know, they get picked apart, though, in the passing game. And I think this will be a challenge for J.J. McCarthy in one aspect. So looking at some of the numbers, uh, UConn blitzes a ton, 42 point, or 40.2% of passing downs, which is – a lot. Michigan was blitzing a lot in that first game, and that was just over 30%. So um, they bring a lot of heat. They can't get pressure with four. Talking to Mike Crispino, uh, their play-by-play man, he was saying that's the biggest issue right now. Jim Moore is actually calling the defensive plays because Lou Spanos, their D coordinator, uh, is on a leave of absence. Uh, nobody really knows the story there, I guess. So he's calling the plays. He's calling a lot of blitzes right now. And it, it'll challenge J.J. McCarthy to you know kind of know where that's coming from, know what his hot route is, uh, you know, things that you know, he, he's going to have to do throughout this season uh, if he continues to be the starter, which, you know, obviously we expect him to. So uh, it'll challenge him in that aspect. Um, but at the same time, they've been really bad against the pass. Syracuse tore him up last week to 300-something yards. Um, so, you know, he's going to have some opportunity for some big plays again, I think, and we'll probably see that. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Yeah, I think so, too, and I hope so, and let them sling it. You know what? We know they can run the ball. We know they've got that big offensive line. And those guys need some a little bit more work up front uh, in pass protection. They got a little lazy last week, and really in the first two weeks, it's been kind of disappointing uh, given the competition. Now, when you're up 31 or whatever they were, you know, just like that against Hawaii or, or 35, and you know what? There's a tendency. It's human nature to take a couple plays off or maybe not be as, as committed or or concentrating as much so I think that this will be a good test for them in that respect and just let let's let McCarthy sling it and uh, keep him clean obviously and the one thing you can tell is when the ball is on the money you know if if there's somebody if there's a defensive back in the vicinity there wasn't on a couple of passes against Hawaii but there was on others where J.J. McCarthy put the ball looked fantastic so looked uh, every bit uh, the part of an elite quarterback which is something that Michigan hasn't seen here in a long time so uh, and and one of those dual threats somebody was asking who's the last guy that Michigan really had like this and they really haven't had a guy that was that good a runner and that great a thrower Devin Gardner had his moments clearly but uh, I think J.J. McCarthy's even faster than Devin Gardner and and really uh, more 
polished as a runner. So going to be fun to see him progress. There are bigger tests to come and uh, certainly not a knock on uh, JJ McCarthy, who, again, who we think is a great talent, but you know, you're going to learn a lot more about him when you've got more talented defensive players on the field. Yeah. I have a feeling that let JJ sling it or let JJ cook is going to be a recurring theme. As long as he's playing quarterback at the university of Michigan. I mean, you just, we talk about how your offensive identity has to be shaped around the strengths of what your team looks like. And right now, I mean, there's no, there's no more deadly offensive weapon on the field than what he brings from an arm talent perspective, from a dual threat perspective. I mean, you know, I, I don't expect him to scramble back there like Denard will or Denard did, but you know, we've already seen him be a factor several times in his career in the QB run game. So, um, you know, just, Michigan isn't going to, you know, four wide receivers or, you know, going to the air raid with JJ. We keep talking about that, but I think they want to keep staying like they want to stay balanced and they want to take what a defense gives them. So, you know, if they're going to, if they're going to play back in coverage and make sure they don't get beat deep, you're going to get hammered by Blake Corum or CJ Stokes or Donovan Edwards when he's healthy. And if they want to stack the box and don't think Michigan can run the football, well now, now you can zig when the defense zags. So that's the biggest thing is just, I want to see a little bit of adversity this week. I mean, situationally, like like from a personnel perspective, you're just not going to see that until, I mean, it gets a little closer athletically next week with Maryland. But um, there are situations where, you know, again, what does Jim Harbaugh always say? The only way to get better at football is to play more football. So it would be great for him to face a little adversity this week and um, and see where it goes from there. But I think inherently there will, there will be a little more resistance just in that. I think this is a well-coached, or a better coach team, I should say, from UConn's perspective, and uh, probably the best talent, you know, in quotation marks they've seen so far. And I want to see some of the younger receivers too, Clayton, get involved. I want to see yeah. more of Andrew Anthony, uh, you know, AJ Henning, those guys, and maybe even a couple of the freshmen in there. So get some other guys some touches as well. Uh, clearly, you've got Ronnie Bell and Cornelius Johnson who are, are proven, but let's get these other guys some touches here and spread the wealth among the young guys too. Yeah, I mean, they had 15 receivers caught a pass in the first game, 11 the, the second game. But it feels like it's either, you know, those top three guys of Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, uh, and Ronnie Bell, or it's kind of, you know, Peyton O'Leary or Colston Loveland and like no Max disrespect Bredesen. to those guys. Or Max yeah. Bredesen with a 56-yard catch and run. Um, but yeah, like an Andrew Anthony, we haven't, I mean, <laughs> Cade threw at him on the pick. But, you know, that was just a bad decision and a poorly thrown ball. I mean, let's, you know, let's see Andrew Anthony out there because, man, he's a guy we were really excited to watch, you know, coming into this season. I still think he's going to have a pretty big role and have a nice year, but we just just want to see it. And, uh, you know, this is another opportunity for that. Uh, flipping over to the other side of the ball, um, UConn starting a true freshman at quarterback in Zion Turner, Taquan Roberson, uh, who transferred in from Penn State, gets hurt in the first half of the first game. He's out for the season um, and, you know, talking to uh, their play-by-play man, just, you know, too much pressure right now from the offensive line. Turner is not very good when he's under pressure, four of 17, uh, like 1.7 yards per attempt. So he's just kind of and going through those numbers. And I went back and looked at the Indiana game last year when it was Donovan McCulley, a true freshman for them against this smothering Michigan defense. And, I think he attempted like 18 passes or 20 something passes for 88 yards. And, you know, he was 10 of 24. Um, like he's just going to kind of get rid of the ball. There's not going to be much there. Uh, then you look into some even deeper stats with UConn is 5.7 uh, passing 
yards or air yards per pass, which which is one of the lower marks in the country. So it's going to be kind of similar to these first couple games where you have this Michigan defense kind of keeping things in front, making tackles up near the line of scrimmage. And I think it's going to be a tough day for UConn to move the ball. We'll say they do have a decent kicker, made a 54-yarder the other week, so uh, maybe that'll be that'll save the shout-out. I have uh, you scoring six points, but what do you guys think about the Michigan defense here? What do they need to show you, I guess, this week to make you a little more confident going into week four? Yeah, this is a team that I would think that they would want us to really shorten the game and, and try to run the ball. We saw what they did in week one. I don't know how they ran it against Syracuse. Maybe you guys have some of the stats up there. 97 uh, yards. Yeah. Okay. So, But I would think that, you know what, they understand that that's their strength i'd go heavy because michigan really has not been tested there if we're being honest and probably won't be tested there for a while so uh, there's going to be a team at some point that wants to line up and say hey you know we're, we're looking for a weak spot on the edge maybe on a third and six look at a guy on the edge that's out there to rush the passer and you run at him you know and bring a couple guys his way i saw uh Braden mcgregor for example out there on one play and i think in week one get blown off the ball so maybe they try to catch them off guard and, and you try to run on, on passing downs and things like that and maybe lengthen, shorten the game rather that way. But uh, it's going to be tough for them. you know. But I do want to see Michigan's run defense and how those guys hold up against the run. And I think that's what we're going to try. They're going to try to do. So there's no way that they're going to get into a, into a, one of those games where they just air it out 50 times and, and understand understanding that they just aren't going to have success there. So uh, maybe, you know, some screen passes, things like that. You know, Michigan's done a really good job, though, recognizing things. They've got a very smart defense, guys, guys like Mike Sainer still, who has been underrated, even though, you know, not, not a whole lot of people other than the Michigan coaches talk about him. But that guy has been a, a difference maker so far. And again, Again, we'll see what happens against better competition, but they've got a, a, a great, smart group of guys that plays very well together. Let's see how they do against the run when they try to smash it right at them. Yeah, I'd love to see them maybe post that elusive shutout. I mean, when you play three of the worst teams in the FBS, it seems like the, the conditions have been as good as they ever have been to get that first shutout since 2015. Again, it's so hard to do. I think that's what is also emblem, you know, this little stretch of games is also, you know, no matter who you play, it's still tough to, to do that, which makes what they did in 2015, where I think they shut out three teams in a row was just so impressive, um, really historic and, and something I don't know that we'll see for a while, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all the things, Chris, that you've mentioned. I, I want to see them, you know, I'd like to see someone get a little physical with them because neither of the teams that they've played in the first two weeks have, have added much in that regard so UConn again I mean this is still let's not forget like this this was a program that has been what Hawaii is this year for several years in a row so uh, Jim Mora has his work cut out for him but uh, based on what I've seen so far and I've only I caught a little bit of their game in week zero but um, this team plays hard I, I can say that I don't, I don't know how good they are uh, their record is you know at least they have a win on their resume but um you know, you just want to see, I want to see adversity somewhere. I keep saying that, but I just, you just don't know. I don't want to, I won't want this team to go to IO with, without having felt someone punch them in the mouth a little bit is all. And maybe Maryland kind of catches them off guard next week. That's a, that's an offense that, you know, we know they have a high octane passing game, but from a defensive perspective this week, I would love to see a performance similar to what they did against Colorado state where you got to the court. I mean, they were quiet last week in terms of sacks disruptive, but still quiet. Only one sack last week. I'd love to see a guy like Jalen Harrell have a good game for a third week in a row. I think right now he's probably 
probably easily in that top three or four in terms of the guys that have been most impressive to me in these first couple games here. Um, you know, that and how does uh, how does Ayabe, I mean, is Ayabe Ekoye, is that his name now? He's still a Noma on the roster, but I'd love to see him continue to get to the quarterback. Uh, you know, things like that. Um, I think the guys on the back end have held up pretty well. DJ Turner had a pretty bad whiff on a missed tackle last week, but I have no questions about what he brings to the table. Um, just growth and and how you respond to getting pushed around a little bit. Uh, and that's probably not something we're going to find out for a couple weeks, but would love to see just a little bit of that in Saturday's game. You know, it's bad when you're looking forward to Maryland for that, guys. Right? <laughs> but right. hey, that is what it is. And it's yeah. kind of a double-edged sword, too, because it's like if they do face that adversity, which may be good for them, then we're all going to be saying, well, why didn't they do this? Or, you know, how did they let UConn do that? So it's kind of one of those things. I know what you mean. Um, it kind of needs to happen naturally like we saw it last season. Michigan didn't trail in a game until Nebraska. You know, Wisconsin had them close, so it was kind of, you know, that was kind of the first time where we had to, you know, they had to turn it up and really, you know, turn it on there to win a game on the road. So I I don't know if we're going to get that. I think we might see some of it out of Maryland next week, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, with that offense and maybe they get down 7 nothing or 14-7 and you have to kind of, you know, answer drives and things like that. Um, number one thing I'll continue to look for from the Michigan defense will just be the pass rush still. I mean, so the first week it was seven sacks, but then you look at Colorado State last week uh, and they allowed nine sacks. And then you look at Michigan, uh, and Mike Elston talked about it last week, even coming off that performance, which I was a little surprised at the time. But then you watch them against Hawaii, and I know they're getting the ball out quick, but he still wants to see more pass rush from just the guys up front, not necessarily having to bring the blitz. Uh, 21% uh, pressure rate with four or less pass rushers for Michigan, 105th in the country, and you've played those two opponents. So it's something to watch. It's still going to be a question mark for me, I think, uh, going into the Big Ten season, no matter what, because of the level of competition. Uh, They have some capable bodies there, but I want to see some more out of those guys. Uh, But I agree, it's going to be a lot of the, you know, stacking up against the run in this game. Um, They got a good running back, Nathan Carter, but We'll see. Uh, we'll see how much success he has against a Michigan team that is going to be ready to kind of gang up on him at the line of scrimmage. There, um, should we uh, get to our picks for this game uh, and and move on there? Before we do so, let's talk about prize picks. Football is back. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, and it just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Um, I've won a couple of these over the last few weeks. I've also lost one or two. Uh, this week, a couple picks. I'm going you know, away from the Michigan game. I think it's going to be tough to predict. I have lost on those ones the last couple of weeks because the backups come in. You never know what's going to happen. So here's what I have. Michael Penix. Washington's quarterback over uh, more than 280 and a half passing yards against Michigan State. And then USC quarterback Caleb Williams less than 300 and a half passing yards against Fresno State. He threw it for over 300 last week against Stanford. 
but uh, he played the whole game. Fresno's terrible. I think he's going to come out early. It'll be kind of one of those Michigan situations. And then Hutch, our great producer, has Louisville quarterback Malik Cunningham more than 60.5 rushing yards against Florida State. Uh, an obscure one, as we have come to expect from Hutch. And a non-obscure one, J.J. McCarthy, more than 220 and a half passing yards. What do you guys have this week? Yeah, I've got that as well. I've got uh, more than 220 for J.J. McCarthy. I think he's going to be in there a little bit longer this game, and I think he's going to light it up again. I think uh, he's got some – They're gonna. I think they're going to make a point to try to get some of those younger guys some touches too. So maybe Andrell Anthony has a big game. So And then I, I actually – I like the – or the, I'm sorry, not the under, but less than for Michael Penix uh, against Michigan State. I think they're going to have a little bit of success running the ball. Uh, Penix, I think, can do some things with his feet too, but Penix – to me, I, I think Michigan State is going to uh, to lose that game out there, and I think Penix will have a big game, but not quite 280. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that game while we're talking about it. Uh, I'm going to go to Peyton Thorne, and I'll say that he will have more than one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, was not good last week against Akron through a pair of picks, but four of them in the season opener against Western Michigan. We know that they want to air it out. Uh, you know, We'll see what happens with some of the injury stuff they have going on on offense, but I'm going more than one and a half passing touchdowns for him. And because Chris's guy, JJ McCarthy is going to air it out. I have more than four receptions for Ronnie bell on Saturday. So more passes means more targets to go around. I think that he's a guy who uh, stands to feast over the middle of the field. Saw him catch, uh, catch a pass on a crossing route last week. He caught a touchdown on a, a quick little slant. So, I think in the quick passing game, um, as they look to get J.J. in a rhythm again, Ronnie Bell's a guy who's going to feast a bit. So I'm going to go more than four receptions for Ronnie Bell as he continues to shake the rust off from not playing football for a year. CB, I'm going to talk more about Michael Penix and why I picked that uh, when we get to that game. But download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus on $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, uh, up to $100 on your first deposit. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50, and so on. Don't forget, that's the prize picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Uh Let's get into our Michigan predictions. As I believe it was mentioned earlier, Michigan a 47 and a half point favorite, the over under at 60 points. Uh, check out our staff predictions article at the Wolverine.com. Chris putting that together uh, with all of our picks, including Doug Skeen, John Borton, all those guys. Um, I believe Karsh's is TBD at time of recording. Uh, but I've got Michigan winning. I've got Michigan winning 52 to six in this game, which would be not covering that. I got a little over ambitious with the seven, 73 to nothing last week, but as we talked about, they called off the dogs a little bit. That's what they do, right? And yeah. that's what they're going to do. And this is the chance for Jim Harbaugh to get some of those guys in who will not get a chance to play for much of the year. So he's going to want to do that. So I think 45 to 10 is what I've got. And I think, I don't think the score will be anywhere near is going to be indicative of, of how close it is. Just kind of like Hawaii. They could have won that game a hundred and something to nothing fellas before he called off the dogs and they're going to run the ball a little bit and take the foot off the gas. So uh, I've got 45 to 10. I think it'll be a big, a big advantage at halftime and then they coast to a win. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, go, looking through the staff picks, uh, I think I'm the highest on Michigan's offense this week. I think they finally do put up that elusive 60-burger. I have 63-13. to 13. Um, Most of their damage, again, will be done in the first half. I think it will look sharp. It will look decisive again. And then late when you get the, the guys that we might not see for several weeks or at all the rest of the season, uh, once they get in there, UConn probably has a little success running the football. But um, – yeah, that's what I'm going with. I think J.J. throws another three touchdowns. I think the defense uh, racks up a nice amount of turnovers. I feel like I've been predicting that for a couple weeks and haven't quite seen it yet. Uh, I think they'll have their way with uh, three touchdown passes from J.J., three turnovers from the Michigan defense, and a 63-13 to win. Okay. Um, yeah, Harbaugh has said he wants to have a roster full of guys that have all played in game action. They're at 112 right now out of around 130, so – I mean, will we see some guys that even haven't played in the past this weekend, potentially? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out. It all depends on if you go quiet for a series or two in the second quarter and UConn does have a longer drive, you know, behind their run game, then, you know, you might not be up as much at halftime, but then you may, you know, pour it on them in the third quarter. So it just kind of depends on game flow. But um, offensive player of the game prediction. I would say last week, probably JJ or Roman Wilson, he, who has been three touchdowns on four touches, which is incredible this year. Good for him uh, for getting in the end zone a couple times against Hawaii. Something tells me Andrew Anthony is going to have a big game. Chris, I know you've talked about it too and, and wrote that. I'm going to go Blake Corum. I think he is finally going to break one of those long touchdown runs. Um but I do think somebody else in the past game is going to step up outside of the guys we've seen so far. I think McCarthy's the guy again. Yeah. I think he's going to take it to another another level. Not, maybe not another level. When you go 11 to 12 and the one that you've had that you missed was a drop. Uh, this kid, I think we're going to see some things with him in the run game a little bit more as well. So expect another huge game from him. Yeah, JJ's the easy one. Uh, I'm going to go off the board a little bit, though, because I like to be bold and different. I'm going to go with CJ Stokes. He's going to get an extended opportunity with presumably Donovan Edwards on the shelf this week, we think. Um, yeah, how about a couple rushing touchdowns for him? And he busts off a big run as well. So there's one off the board for you. Let's be clear, though. Edwards should be back, guys, for Maryland, from what we're hearing, just for anybody who was interested. So he may or he may even play, decide to play this weekend. I would think that they'd like to hold him out, but Donovan Edwards is a competitor. For sure. Um, defensive. Tough one here because I think the defense is going to do a lot of good things against this offense. I keep thinking turnovers. You know, Steve Klinkskill says they're seeing more in practice and that they're going to start coming. It goes back to Jim Harbaugh's theory, which I find hilarious on, I believe, turnovers and other things, certain things. It's like an olive jar where once, you know, you turn it over, it's like nothing comes out. But once you once one comes out, you know, they start flowing out. So that's kind of what it's like with turnovers. I think they're going to get multiple again in this game. We didn't see any last week, but we had, you know, saw two against Colorado State. I don't know who it's going to be. 
probably uh, I'm going to go DJ Turner maybe as making a big play. Maybe, you know, Zion Turner gets pressured and, you know, Turner gets one that falls right in his lap. I'm going with Shane Ristol. I think this is a kid with great instincts. He's going to read, read the quarterback's eyes. He's going to jump one and pick one off. I mean, he's going to probably have a pick six, as a matter of fact. And if Ooh, that happens. Probably. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm going to say that he is. There's a good chance that he's going to get a pick or a decent chance he's going to get a pick, though. He's going to get his hands on some balls. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Off the board again for me. Uh, I think defensive player this week and a turnover this week. Makari Page, guy that we've heard a lot about. Uh, a guy that has gotten a lot of looks in those three safety sets that Michigan runs out there. Um, you know, nothing but good things that to be said from Steve Klingscale and other people that have spoken about his development. So I think this could be a week where we see him step up a bit, but uh, still waiting on that first one from Will Johnson too. But uh, Makari Page, and uh, I've been on Jalen Harrell too. So, uh, But we'll stick with Makari Page this week, kind of from the clouds having the defensive player of the game. Yeah, he was all over the place last game. They were moving him around between, you know, safety and even playing up next to the linebackers and the nickel. Uh, he can do some things. So he has definitely stepped up for this defense. Um, let's move on to our week three college football picks. No man knows the future, but we'll predict it and we'll see what happens this weekend. We got a pretty good slate of games. Last week I was like, yeah, not great. And then it turns out to be pretty epic before the Michigan game. When you look at Alabama, Texas, Notre Dame going down, which again, you hate to see. But let's start with Oklahoma at Nebraska. And that was, you know, part of the storyline as well. Scott Frost getting canned on Sunday. Nikki Joseph, the interim head coach. I will not bet this, but I have Nebraska covering 11 points at home. They're going to fight for Mickey Joseph. Apparently, from what I've heard, he's good friends with Coach O. He, you know, coached with them there in 2019 for, you know, that national title team. Coach O, the best interim coach of all time, interim ed. I don't know. Maybe they'll have some fight in them. They kept it close against Oklahoma last year, so give me uh, give me the Huskers. Not this year. I think Oklahoma's going to roll, and I think that team's dysfunctional. And Yeah, they got rid of the, the head of the, the cancerous snake, right? But at the same time, they're still, they really don't have anything to play for. Maybe this is it. Maybe they say, hey, this is our game, you know, our game of the year type of thing, but I like Oklahoma to roll in this one. Yeah. Uh, God, I'll have to pick this game in the picks column eventually, but for the purposes of this show, I'll go with Nebraska. I think it's less to do with – I mean, Nebraska will get the – seems like the week after a coach gets fired, there's always a bit of a lift, um, if not for just a week with a team. Uh, I think uh, Oklahoma, just like Notre Dame, just like Texas A&M, is, is woefully overrated. And I don't know if they'll I – don't, I don't think Nebraska will win this game, but I do think that they'll give them another fight. and um, There'll be another week where a team that was ranked – sort of in line with Michigan or around Michigan kind of shows its rear end to the nation. So that's my pick. I'm glad I'm not the only one taking that. Cause when it doesn't happen, uh, I don't have to just get railed on myself, but so thank you, Anthony, for taking that along with me. Um, BYU at Oregon, Oregon, three and a half point favorites BYU. What a win late last Saturday night, 26, 20 in double overtime over Baylor, uh, Oregon kind of reset after that Georgia loss, that Georgia drubbing, uh, 70 to 14 win over Eastern Washington. I think BYU will be, I don't know, maybe a little let down here. Oregon, now we're sleeping on them just because they got blown out by Georgia, even though they were supposed to. Um, gut tells me that Oregon maybe wins and covers the three and a half. 
I think you're probably right, but I'm going with BYU, and I think it's just because I don't like the way Oregon operates. So yeah, I don't know. That's it is fair. what it is. So uh, I'll take BYU in this one. I'm going with BYU as well uh, for the same misguided reason as last week that I think we just need a team from independent group or group of five that stays annoying in the college football playoff discussion all year. And they're the best shot that anyone has. So uh, I'm not crazy about Oregon, not crazy about Dan Lanning. So uh, here's another loss for you on a silver platter to send your fan base into turmoil and yet another program that shows its rear end to the world after an off season of people piling on Michigan. That's fair. Um, I don't know. BYU's got God on their side. So, you know, it gives them an edge, but uh, here comes the hate mail. (laughs) Penn state at Auburn, Auburn three point underdogs at home could get ugly uh, 47 and a half over under. So low scoring grinded out type of game, but you know, I'm, I'm just torn on this thing. Uh, gone back and forth. I have written down that I want to take Auburn, but I think I'm going to take Penn State. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think, you know, what they played in that hostile environment, you, you don't get to often say that about Purdue, but that was a great environment on that yes. Thursday night. They played there. Sean Clifford's been there forever. Uh, you know what? I, I like Penn State and an ugly one here to cover the three. I'm with you. Auburn one and four against the spread in their last five <laughs> games against a Big Ten team. And I happen to think they kind of stink. So uh, go with Penn State. And then the big one, the primetime matchup, Michigan State at Washington. Washington favored by three points over under 56 and a half. I have no clue what's going to happen in this game. Usually I would take the points when that's the case. But I did a little bit of research on this game. And this goes into my prize picks prediction of Michael Penix. So against Michigan State in his career, 286 yards and 320 yards in his two games, five total touchdowns, two interceptions, one and one in those games, Indiana. But it's kind of Indiana West a little bit with Kalen DeBoer as the head coach who was the offensive coordinator with Penix there at Indiana. Nick Sheridan is the tight ends coach, coordinated the offense for Indiana last year. So they've got some uh, familiarity a little bit with Michigan State. Michigan State has not beaten a Pac-12 team on the road since 1957, um, 0-3 since 2008, including the last one at Arizona State in in, uh, 2018. They're 1-2 all-time against Washington. Give me the Huskies. Yeah, I agree. And this is not really a Michigan State thing. It's a Big Ten thing, team thing going out west and playing out there. Uh, it generally doesn't end well. Look at Michigan, at Oregon. We can go right down the list, at Washington. You know, So I think Michigan State's going to get beat. I think Washington is going to. I think Penix is going to be right around that 280 mark. And I, uh, I like the Huskies in this one. I've been saying it on the board all week. This line screams sucker bet. Like there's when you objectively step back and look at it, it doesn't make a lot of sense that the number, what, 11th ranked team in the country is going out to play a team that was four and eight last year. You're coming off an 11 and two season and you're a three and a half point underdog. Uh, last time that I looked, uh, the spread consensus on odds shark was like 76% of the people were on the Michigan state three and a half. Uh, I'm going Washington. Something, yeah. something is a miss here. And when it doesn't feel right, uh, something, something's definitely up. So, I'm going to stick with Washington and, uh, you know, little little early season L for uh, Tuck coming. Yeah, and Michigan State has some tough games coming up. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan all in a row. Minnesota. Um, 
Minnesota's in that mix as well. Uh, I believe Maryland might be sprinkled in, but it's five, six games of, you know, pretty tough challenges. And uh, Peyton Thorne has, seems to have taken a step back so far this season against Mac competition only Western Michigan and Akron. Uh, and then Jaden Reed wide receiver may not play after missing last week's second half. So signs kind of point towards Washington. It's kind of a rat line. Anthony is the, is the way I would put it. Um, last game, actually second to last game. We'll, we'll talk about another one really quick. Miami at Texas A&M, A&M coming off the loss to App State. Who would lose to Appalachian State at home? They're six-point favorites. Uh, A&M's offense is terrible. Miami hasn't really played anyone. I got Miami, you know, I think losing close in this game, so I'll take them with the points. Yeah, I'll go with that too. I don't know. I haven't researched it, but that sounds good to me. Same. <laughs> okay. uh, gosh, the, Josh the Gattis, Josh Gattis versus Jimbo Fisher Bowl. Um, I'm going to go. With te- I actually, I'm going to go with Texas A&M. I think that that's okay. a team that is going to figure it out, and I don't think Miami's very good either, um, despite their new offensive coordinator. So Texas A&M. Josh Gaddis hater, Anthony Broom. Uh, Cal at Notre Dame is the one. we have to mention. Cal at Notre Dame. For the sheer reason of just Notre Dame, if people forgot by now, they lost to Marshall last week. Marcus Freeman, 0-3 as a head coach. Hate to pile on, but I don't really have a pick necessarily. I think Notre Dame may win and cover, but just just a quick reminder that they lost. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Notre Dame to cover. They'll bounce back, and, and uh, you know what? Drew Pine, you know, you can't bet against Drew Pine. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, I don't think Cal's very good, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, they they can't they can't start zero and three, can they? Like it can't. It could be wonderful, but Doug Skeen would love it. Yeah. <laughs> Skeen was probably loving that last week for no sure. Um, okay, that's going to be our show. Michigan UConn noon on Saturday. Stay tuned for all things Michigan at thewolverine.com. Uh, all your coverage. We got our staff predictions up inside the fort coming on Friday. So one dollar gets you an entire year of coverage there. Premium access. So join us there. Drop a like if you're watching on YouTube. Get this thing to 500 likes, and we'll see everyone next time.